your why, because if you're in this and it's part of your business, you need to be able to sell it. You've got to know your why and why did you write this book? Because if it's just for your personal gratification, well, that's a lot harder to sell. That's why, you know, memoirs, unless you are like Dolly Parton or you are, you know, Whitney Houston or, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, Taylor Swift, it's different. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to The Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hi there. Welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and I want to start today's episode by sharing with you that one of the first questions that I ask somebody when they come to me because they want to write a book is, why? Why do you want to write this book? Why this book? Why now? And why you? And with that in mind, I am particularly excited to introduce you to Deborah Johnson, who has written six books, and each one has its own unique why for why she wrote it. And so I think that this is a really interesting thing to pay attention to because for each book that Deborah has written, she's had a very specific reason for writing it. And a lot of times the reasons are not related to one another. And it's a great overview to see the breadth of all the different reasons that legitimate reasons that a person can have to write a book. And I'm sure there's more than six, but anyway, Deborah is bringing to us the six books that she has done and her journey and how she made these decisions to write these books. Now, let me tell a little bit more about Deborah before we get to her interview. So Deborah has not only written multiple books and uh, musical albums, but she's written uh, hundreds of songs, three full-length musicals, and is the producer of the popular podcast Women at Halftime. Like I said, she's the author of six books, The Summit, Journey to the Hero Mountain, and her uh, most recent Stop Circling, Steps to Escape, Endless Roundabouts, and of course, a few others. She relishes the creative process and has focused on helping those at mid-career or the halftime of life, hence uh, the podcast title, and helping these particularly women at, at the half point of life, to maximize their skills, talents, and resources and make their second half better than their first. I'm all for that. Deborah was the past president of the National Speakers Association, uh, Los Angeles, and has written and produced multiple online courses. She also has been up for multiple Grammy Awards and has spent over 20 years in the entertainment industry. So, a real powerhouse with us here today. And let's go ahead and tune in and listen to the various reasons Deborah had for writing her books and see which ones resonate with you. So Deborah, welcome to the Author's Corner. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's just, it's fun to talk about books. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I just, I couldn't resist um, having you on because I, I love what we're going to talk about today. I think it's such an important topic. And also I, you know, found lots of other things about you interesting. And now I have just learned that we have, we have something, we have actually quite a few things in common, but you just shared with me that you are a quarter Italian and I'm half Italian. So, uh, <laughs> So if too bad, our listeners can't see all the hand movements that are going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you I noticed you're more reserved with your hands, but that's, that's where that extra quarter comes in. Yes. Well, it also comes from doing a lot of video work. Although when I'm by myself, <laughs> I do a lot of hands. <laughs> that's great. So, uh, yeah. Where's your, where's your family from? in Italy. Do you have any idea? It's in the Florence area. We're oh, going there this summer. So I'm excited with that. But um, my grandmother on my mother's side came over from Italy and she came over and played in Carnegie Hall when she was 16, violin and mandolin and wow. graduated from the New York Conservatory of Music, which was quite unusual for a woman at that time. And then she went into an arranged marriage, had a dozen kids and never played again. So that's her story. But the music gene kind of was carried down. Um, But that's that's the lineage. And so I'm actually just finding out a little bit more about, you know, there weren't a lot of records, except for I have her certificate of, you know, what she did at the the conservatory. And I have some pictures of her and, but, Mm. and we've had some old violins. My sister, my younger sister was a violinist as well. I was her free accompanist for years. And so (laughs) wonderful, talented gal too. So that was- That's incredible. You know, I know we seem like we're off topic, but we're not really listeners to just hang in. No, never. Um, But my my great-grandfather was an opera singer in Italy before he came over here. And he insisted that every single one of his children either play an instrument or sing. And so my, my grandmother had several brothers who played, you know, violin or cello or whatever. And then she and her two other sisters used to sing on the radio in the thirties. Wow. And and their, their maiden name was Di Madugno. So they were called the three D's. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) I like that. <laughs> All right. And since we're talking oh. about music, you know, we're just, you know, my listeners, they, they have to learn delayed gratification. So it's all good. Um, but so you also are, you're a musician and you have been nominated for several Grammys. Yeah. Well, I've been up for several Grammys. There's okay. quite the process of um, oh, that okay. as an independent artist. Yes. No, but I, many of my albums have been up for Grammys and voted on and all of that. So yeah, it's, you have to even qualify and all, you know, going through that process is wonderful. And it's a wonderful community of artists and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a fun process quite the process uh gets to be a little political like everything else does but it's it's a good community it's very supportive and you you listen a lot as a voter I've been a voter for years so it's you listen to a lot of music good and bad and (laughs) you kind of yeah you learn what 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 makes a good song like right away so and I think you've written some from musical theater is that did I catch that correctly I have, and I call it a bad habit, but no, it's, it's great. <laughs> I just, um, because, you know, to get these, you know, to produce them, to, 
the whole process is huge and it's a different area than just being a professional musician and but they're great products and so I have those independently um, available for publishing and all of that and, and performance so no it's it was a really good process of me really learning a lot about the writing process and I think mm -hmm. writing books is most it's closest to writing the book for a musical oh, and almost right. anything especially sure. when I wrote the book The Summit which is an allegory it's very much oh, yeah. like a musical and you are such an expert in writing but it's 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 still all the part of being a content creator that's what I am I'm a content yeah. creator I just you branched know, out to books <laughs> and as you're talking it's got me thinking because I think that one of the things about songwriting which I also do is that you you know, talk about economy of words, right? Yes. Like you have to paint a very, very clear picture and you get like a few lines, you know, I mean, you, or maybe right. it's just a couple of words and you've got to get this whole image across. Do you find that that has influenced your book writing? And, you know, if so, tell me about that. Tell us about that. Well, I think in book writing, as any sort of writing, uh, it's hardest to cut down. Right. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, you have a musical that you're, especially a musical, mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden, you know, your directors say, you know, I don't, I really don't think we need this song. I really, don't, that's not going to move the story Ooh, ahead. But it's a great song. <laughs> they call it "Killing Your Babies." Killing yes. your babies. Oh. I was in a, uh, yeah, because we, you know, that term well. I was in a writer's, like a big workshop with uh, Stephen Schwartz, actually, with Wicked and all that. And he used that term the first time and it was like, <gasps> you know, yeah. and um, but it's very true of what you have to do also as a book writer. Mm -hmm. And because mm -hmm. I tend to, you know, we tend to just love our words and it's like, yeah. oh, I just love the way I explained it there. But then your editor says, but you've already explained it three times. Right. You cut it. So that's it. That's that is hard though, because we we fall in love with our words. We fall in love with our little stories. I mean, the stories are are very important in books. I you know, that's what attracts people and it holds them because it's very personal. It's not just information, yeah. but but it's it's very, very hard to cut down, but yeah. it's huge part of the process. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it was literally like just last week I was I was reading something a client sent me and he said he used the same turn of phrase twice in the same chapter and I said okay you've used this twice you get one <laughs> cut the other one cut one I don't care which one just you can only have one. <laughs> yeah, it's hard it's emotional <laughs> it's emotional. <laughs> yeah, That's great. All right. Now, finally, I'm going to get to, okay. So why we, why, why, <laughs> what we're going to, what we're really supposed to talk about today. And I think that this is so worth exploring. And this is something that is vital for every author to answer. We hope before you write one word, we hope before you do the outline. And that question is why write this book it's a it's a great one are you want to go on with a question or do you want me to start i would love for you to, <laughs> so tell us what's your relationship to this question in your author you, you've authored i believe it's six books now yes six yeah books. okay so so you've had to ask this question many times I so i would love to actually hear about the evolution of how this question has played a role 
in your career as an author, book after book? Because I'm going to imagine that the relationship with that question probably has evolved along with your writing and authorship. It's definitely grown. Um, and the importance of it has grown. I did not really plan on writing my latest book, <laughs> but it was, it was, it became necessary. And so um, I think that question on answering why that's a big, big reason, you know, that's our big purpose. And that's become more relevant as far as why do this? What's my big idea? Why is it so important to get out there? Aren't there a million other books about this? Are, you know, and you find sometimes you have, well, really a unique twist on it. So, and again, I thought actually that has grown through every single book. I usually have a reason for writing it, mm -hmm. but the reason has been stronger because of my mission now and mm -hmm. my audience and who um, the people that are so much more important to influence, especially at this time of my life, because I'm helping those who are at mid-career at the halftime of life you know, decide on their next chapter. What are they going to do? And and I guess definitely after all of these shutdowns, everything occurred, a lot of people answered asking that question. They're going, okay, you know, I really found that I feel the clock's ticking. There's mm -hmm. other things that I, priorities in my life, I'm working too many hours or actually maybe I'm working the right amount of hours, but I'm really not enjoying what I'm doing. I've really always dreamt of something else, or maybe I'd like to start something else or give more time. All of those things come into factor. And so there were just still, there's people that I find that this is why I wrote my latest book that were circling in a roundabout. And that's why I stopped. Yeah. I wrote the book, Stop Circling, and it's getting out of your, escaping your endless roundabouts. Yeah. But it was something that I branded, um, trademarked, and, you know, as well as Hero Mountain. So it's yeah. uh, it's part of, people couldn't even start climbing their summit until they got off the roundabout. So those are sort of questions, you know, you ask yourself, why would I even write an allegory? Well, it's because a story resonates. Plus, it was so much fun for me. But it resonates. It's one of the hardest books I wrote. I can imagine. Yeah. But it it resonates, the story does, with such the allegorical sort of symbolism. And I've found, actually, there's an expanded audience for that that I didn't even plan on it, you know? Mm. And so there's there's just things we discover after the fact, and you go, oh. Actually, that's a really good question. I want to go all the way back to your first book. Why did you think you wrote your first book? What, what was your in your mind about why you were writing your first book? That is, stuck is not a four-letter word, seven mm -hmm. steps to getting unstuck. And really, it was because I found I wanted some more answers on how to get unstuck. I wanted uh -huh. to interview people from really all around the world. I interviewed people, business people, um, Grammy winners. I, I interviewed multiple aspects of life, um, those people in that book, just to gain some insight. Uh, I was just kind of starting out on my speaking career, so I felt like I needed product and I needed a message on how to help people get unstuck basically so uh, and that actually it was more trendy when I started then everybody else started you know piling on this big unstuck you know thing but right. that's what I you know that was the first book that I wrote and it and it wasn't just this big altruistic this is you know this is for this specific audience 
when I was told you need to pick a lane, you need to pick an audience, who is exactly your audience? Well, it was more for people that were just stuck in life, but that was very broad. Right. I felt like I was, you know, I'm, I'm on a freeway instead of on a lane. And, but I still have, you know, and I still, I have multiple areas of my business. And so I'm running multiple areas. I promote in a lot of different areas and it's, it's challenging, but it keeps it interesting for me. But I, you know, again, writing books really is where, you know, there's so much that you can do with these. You can add the video, you can add the courses, you can, it's all content and it's creator. You know, mm -hmm. I can use my music. I can use all of that yeah. within this sort of medium. So I love it. So your first book you wrote to help yourself in a way, right? It like was, you, yeah, you it was, were feeling yeah. stuck. So I love that. I think that's a great reason to write a book. You know, like if you want to overcome something, write a book about it and you'll learn how to overcome it. And, yes. uh, and you can write from a, I would imagine, vulnerable, relatable place. So yeah, yep. great reason to write a book. So why did you write your second book? What was that book? Yeah, well, it was, um, and also when you get back to why I wrote that first book, I knew I could create content. I'd been, you know, a teacher from every level from... I'm very young to graduate. I've taught graduate school. So I, mm -hmm. I knew how to put content together. I knew how to put, I did a whole online course with it. I did the whole, you know, you can do all of that. Yeah. And then yeah. I think the book right after that, that I slipped in there was a book about music. It's called music for kids, when to start piano lesson. And the reason I wrote that, and it's almost like a little story as well. I've not done the audio book. At some point, I'll do the audio book. When, right? I get, when I get a little extra time. Oh, my gosh. So busy. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, don't need to create more. Anyway, but I wrote that book because I've been asked millions of times. If I had a nickel for every time I've been asked, right? you know, I, you know be amazing. Um, but I've been asked, oh, you know, when is the best age to start and why even add music? Well, mm. it's so very important. I started teaching piano when I was 13 because uh, oh, I didn't wow. want to pull weeds and didn't want to babysit five kids next door. So I decided to do something else and I would earn more money. Smart, smart only, young lady. Yeah. Yeah. I not smart. only taught kids, but I started teaching their parents. So <laughs> I learned, um, you know, how important it was and the age to start because people start these kids so young, I mean, there's, there's programs you can add, you know, they, you, they can be in these group programs, the Kodai, the Orc Instruments, all of those are wonderful for kids learning rhythm. They should learn that yeah. uh, dance, but all of those part, but the private instruction, it's important for, especially the girls a little bit earlier, usually, um, or about eight, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. And boys are usually around eight, age nine. Now that's not cut and dry, but, but right. that's, you know, but I did a little story around, you know, two moms and looking for, you know, what, what they needed to do. So I did that sort of little story all the way through. And then I added some research on uh, how good it is for the mind. Also, even associating with um, memory and Alzheimer's and all, how important that is with uh, memory mm -hmm. and how music is the last to go. So uh, anyway, that's that's why I wrote that book. It's a very simple little book. In fact, I only put it on as like an ebook first, and then I expanded it 
to That's be cool. a, a paperback only, but it, it it's a great little book and I'm able to give it. And it's, it's wonderful. Fact. So now anytime someone asks you, when's the perfect age to start a kid in piano lessons, you could just say, read my book. That's it. And it's, and it's not outdated. It's, uh, it's no, it, right. It's timeless. Yeah. The information <laughs> is really timeless. And, you, you know, know it's I, again, I want to point this out because that is also an excellent reason to write a book. And actually if you listener find yourself in a situation where you are hearing yourself explain the same thing over and over and over again. I actually say this in my book. Um, (laughs) Then maybe you need to write a book because, and especially if you're a coach, a consultant, you have clients and you have, and you're always giving them the same basic format, you know, the same structure Right. Boy, if you can make them read those chapters before your meeting, you know, they're going to get a lot more out of the meeting and you're going to be a lot less bored hearing yourself say the same thing. So that is that is actually an excellent reason to write a book. Right. And it's really that's why I wrote my book, by the way, because I heard myself saying the same thing over and over. And I said, huh. Maybe I could just Great reason. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now tell us about your third. This is fun. I like this. Tell us about our, your, your next book. <laughs> well, and I've had to ask myself. I'm this so glad you wrote so many what? books. Yeah, I'm so this... glad you wrote. If you only wrote two books, you know, where would we go? Uh, so this is great. Yeah. All right. We, got we all have together. different stories. They I know. All have different stories I'm too. loving this. All okay. Right. So this one is actually, this was a kind of a creative book, but, uh, and people can't see the video, but I'll, I'll, I'll hold it up here. Um, but it's called Bad Code, and it's overcoming bad mental code that sabotages your life. I wrote this book because I had my big music, that was the only website I had at the time. Now I have uh, several others, but um, I had a music website that was hacked. It was a huge oh. hack. And it was awful. It was just awful. And I got into code and, you know, I'm kind of a techie and I'm a nerd in many ways. So I, I kind of got in, you know, to the behind the scenes and I'm finding all of this code and it's just crazy. And I ended up finding a team that they actually were able to transfer everything, clean it, the whole thing up. Oh, wow. Um, but I found there were, as I started thinking through this, because my creative mind, again, creating content, um, so I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, principles in the, in sort of computer code and all of that as our mental code huh. in protecting ourselves with, mm. you know, how to put up encryption and how, you know, we're careful in different areas of our life in our, our mental attitudes. And so that is why I wrote that book. And it, then at the last part of the whole second part of it, it's called Decades of Code, where I did interviews and through the um, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and, uh, and on of what some of the mindsets with some of these interviews, I drew some of the mindsets that, you know, you draw out of this time and how, you know, you need to look at life in general and about your you know, one of the great stories where you want to look at, you know, how you are approaching life was, you know, one of my interviews came and sat on my patio and had his chemo pack 
Huh. He was the our local that we use for our kids. Our local um, they did the braces and everything through him. He, wonderful office. So, oh, so creative. But he was really in his last month of life. And huh. so, you know, at this point in his decade, what is he thinking about differently? So those are the type of yeah. interviews I huh. wanted to have in this book. And that's where well, that was a long answer. But it was it was you know, very creative in that aspect. But I learned a lot about cybersecurity and all of the other things that I think we all needed to, you know, sort of think about with our mental code. So so it sounds like this book came about because you had something awful happen. Yes. And if and it seems like it helped you to navigate that, to cope with it. Right. Right. Uh, and it wasn't to, really, you know, all to about find some me. meaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was all about principles that you can draw from, you know, and, yeah. and it's very, it's very, very relevant. I'll probably need to do a rewrite of that at some point because our technology has grown so much. Although I don't know if I could ever keep up with the technology oh right now, gosh, but right? yeah, but it's, but the principles are there. The main yeah. principles of fishing and, you know, all of that is in there. So, yeah. And also another wonderful reason to write a book. Um you know, I have one caveat to that. I love how you did it because you, you transformed it really. It wasn't just about having your site, your site hacked, right? You know, you, you transformed it to look at the kind of how we maybe need to hack our own minds, right. And fix yeah, some code, <laughs> uh, which, which I really think is, is, is great. And, you know, the only thing that I tell people if, if, if they feel called to write about something difficult that happened to them, because a lot of times people go through some really bad stuff and oh, tough. Yeah. and the people around them will say, Oh my gosh, that's such a incredible story. You should write a book about that. And, um, you know, one of the things, one of the, the first questions I ask somebody when they come to me with one of those ideas is, is this two things? How do you want to be known? Because mm -hmm. yes. you will be known by your book. So do you right. want to be known as the person who experienced this? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to be known by something else? And is this something that you will be excited to talk about for the next five years, at least? It's a great question because I've known a lot of them as well. They've, you know, lost someone special. They've done all of that. And then they write that book and they have a little bit of a speaking platform because I, you know, I do mm -hmm. speak quite a bit of that. And, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of people that have sad stories and yeah. what's your uniqueness through that? Right. What, what else can you bring? You know, otherwise it becomes almost like a memoir. So, um, and at some point I'll write one of those, but I want right. to be in my late 80s before I do. <laughs> yeah. And really like, there's so much to talk about and there's so much to write about. And do you really want to put that much energy? Because if you write it, you should, you should yeah. be planning on promoting it. So do you want right, to be exactly. known? Do you want to be introduced as, hey, you know, yeah. next up we have Deborah and Deborah yeah. went through this horrible <laughs> thing and she's going to talk about it for the next hour and do that over yeah. and over for five years. I mean, maybe not for everyone. Right, right, right. It's, um, but it does, um, bring up the point that you can use that as a launching point of doing other materials. You just can't stop there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Don't, don't make that be your first and only book, your first and your last. Yes. Hi there, Robin here. Have you been considering writing a thought leadership book that grows your business? 
How about writing a quality standout book with a real book publishing deal behind it that not only grows your business, but also grows your influence and reach? In case you're new to the author's corner, my name is Robin Colucci, and I help world-class experts write world-changing books and get them published. With over 30 years in the publishing industry, I've helped clients write and publish books with Big Five and other top publishing houses. Many have gone on to become New York Times, Amazon, and Wall Street Journal, as well as USA Today bestsellers. And others have increased their business income by 600 times or more as a result of their book being out in the world and the partnering work that they did with me and my team. If you are a top-notch expert who is ready to write your world-changing book, go ahead and book a free consultation call with my team today. We have a limited number of spots available, and we only take clients who are committed to the process and want to get their book started now. If that sounds like you, go to www.robincolucci.com forward slash application. Go ahead and fill out the application form to be considered for one of our exclusive spots. Again, the link is www.robincolucci.com forward slash application. Now, back to the show. All right, let's keep going. What's number four? <laughs> the next one was my, when I uh, came up with Hero Mountain. And I have a lot of people that are very jealous of that trademark uh, because it's such a great one. <laughs> and you can, if you were watching video, you can see it because I'm, I'm working on the video course right now. But um, but the women at halftime, this is when I started branding uh, my podcast, which is women at halftime. But it, it's all uh, on the principles for producing your successful second half. Mm. And so I was trying to just, you know, narrow my lane a little bit. But if the principles are good for everyone, it's, it, you know, not just women, I have men reading this, but it, the principles are timeless because it goes through the steps on Hero Mountain, which are, we start with mindset and we go into the competencies, skills, relationships, habits, and purpose. Those are wonderful, broad um, uh, categories that we go, we dive deep into the full him, uh, Hero Mountain Summit experience. But though that's what I, I wrote about in this book of climbing your Hero Mountain through all of those steps and the principles, and it has application guide uh, through all of that and trademarked another thing called the core common denominator and how to discover, you know, some of the things that you, you know, go from there. So, but what got, why did you decide to write it? Because I felt like people needed more of a guide of at this point in their life at the halftime. This is when I started branding that. And and like, were you around this age or? I was entering. Yes, I was ah, entering that. Okay. okay. But it cool. wasn't just, it just my own journey. I saw others yeah. around me right. that were in that journey. And there's, there's something called the Halftime Institute. This is why I couldn't trademark women yeah. at halftime, which is a wonderful organization. A guy named Bob Buford wrote the book Halftime. He was a sportscaster. Oh. Oh, got a whole, um, and in fact, they just came out with their book. This year, I wrote this book like four years ago. 
they, they just came out with their <laughs> own women at halftime book, which is fine. I've talked to them. They're a wonderful organization. So, but the, and they have a wonderful good book. It's a little more narrow on their audience because they go more after a, a certain uh, segment of an audience, a Christian audience, but uh-huh. my book is a more general mm. for um, everyone going through those steps of Hero Mountain and they have a different four little other steps, but these are specific steps in climbing the cables of success to Hero Mountain. Yes. And I'm not a mountain climber. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, don't like heights. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. All right. So uh, number five, book five. Number five is one of my little favorite books. It's called The Summit. Journey to Hero Mountain. Speaking of mountains. (laughs) Yes, speaking of mountains. And it's the character, her name is Mallory, which means ill-fated. Talk about a fun creative process to come up with the names and everything. But her name means ill-fated. And that's what she felt about herself. And she, yes. And her name has to, yes, yes. yes. Somebody, it means ill-fated? Ill-fated, yeah. If you go back to the his, yeah, historical. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I looked up tons of names of what to oh call my this gosh, character, my protagonist. Name to, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I but, don't, don't want to name... hurt anybody's feelings whose name Mallory, but ow, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and there are okay. other, others in there that has different names too. Um, but her, she has it, ends up getting a guide to because she really wants to climb her hero mountain. But one of the things that has to happen is she has to go through all of these journeys and she gets through the social media circus and you know all of sorts of areas. Here. <laughs> and then finally, when she's ready to climb her hero mountain, her name really has to change. And it does right at the very end to Andriette, which means strong and mm. courageous. Oh, so wow. this is the whole journey of her name being changed. It's a journey that... There are people that have bought this book specifically for those, you know, teens that are, it's very mm. G rated. It's mm. not, any, there's not like, like huge, you know, I love the Harry Potter series, but you're not going to get into, you know, all of the, the, the witches and all of that. I mean, although that would probably sell a little bit more, but this <laughs> is, but this is a very much of a journey that people take through those different parts. And it's a wonderful gift book. So learning how to promote a gift book. Again, as we look back on our books, we see, oh, that's a whole different audience that I didn't even plan. And I didn't even plan for it to be for even a younger audience. But it's a very appropriate book for that, Mm -hmm. especially for those uh, they've started homeschooling and all of those. And those sort of families want those family values. And it's a wonderful book Mm -hmm. for that. So and it really talks about overcoming um, you know, the lack of self-confidence, the lack of direction in life and how to get over obstacles. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that, I think that that is especially important for teenagers because, you know, when you haven't had a lot of experiences yet and you have some bad ones, you, you haven't yet had the benefit of realizing that actually the way that you feel today isn't how you will always feel forever and ever. Right. You know, I think it can be especially vital to get some perspective. So was there, was there something specific that occurred for you that had you want to write this particular book? No, it was just, I'm a content creator. I always, (laughs) I have way too many ideas. 
Um, my husband and I usually have coffee. We've been married like 43 years now. I think it's 43. Uh, you know, you lose track after some counting. But yeah, yeah. But um, we usually have, uh, I get up very early. I tell people, yeah, I was born in Georgia, so I get up with cows. And so I'm up early, I exercise and do uh, all that. And, but we usually have coffee together after that. Uh, cappuccino that I have. See these ah, Italian nice. coming out. Yeah. Love my cappuccinos. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, every time I come up with something new, it's like, okay, think about this now. Think about this now. Yeah. <laughs> How committed so, are you? Yeah. Yes, no. And and really dealing with what I've created. I have so much content. I have a ton of content. So yeah, it's dealing with what I've done. But um, yeah, it's it, what hit me is, you know, why I felt like Oh, I just wanted to write a story. That's what I just had that drive. In fact, I was thinking that my book, my sixth book was going to be a sequel because I want to write a series on the summit. I just think it'd be a fun little series Mm -hmm. to write. Uh, You know, I have grandkids now and granddaughters now, and hopefully in the future I'll have more. I have a couple of sons, you know, just getting married, but um, the, the, I'd like to write some extra books of this because it was such a fun book. It's very, very easy to read. Talk about having to cut down and that sort of, you know, it's a tough one. So, but it was good. It was fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And I love that you're, you know, just willing to jump into different genres and, and, (laughs) you know, a a true writer. Uh, So, okay. Book six. Why did you write book six? Why did I write? What is your why? It needed to be written. That's my why. I had just put together um, a new keynote speech and it's called The Hero Inside. And it's talk about, it talks about getting out of your roundabouts. And when I was first learning to drive, we had to go drive on a, what was called in Long Beach, California, a traffic circle. And it was, it was in panic time getting through that, <laughs> you know, yeah, when you're right? young. I know they're yeah, coming just, on yeah. one way, they're going off the other. You got to go around and get to the, I, yeah, they, they, they cause a little panic for me as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and the traffic circles were even more unsafe than the roundabouts because they've changed mm. the, the diagram. I go into that just slightly because it's way too technical for people. But <laughs> I wanted to write something extremely, extremely simple. Simple to follow, simple steps. Mm. So I wrote the articles first. I mm. wrote because I, I write a lot. I've, I've had a newsletter going for probably 20 years. I write articles every week, usually with my, with my podcast interviews, I write articles to accompany those. I take some principles and then I expand. So the, the stop circling came out of those articles, except for I, I put them in tiny little chunks, uh, trademarked another tool called the Haffer's tool that gets through your health, your attitude. It goes through those where it's an evaluation tool. It's an assessment. So that's a part of this, which looks just like a soundboard, which is kind of fun. goes back to my, uh, <laughs> my studio work. But that's why I wrote that book. I wanted something extremely simple. It has the study guide right in it. I don't want to have an extra book to have to people have to order. It's all in one, uh, very easy to understand. Um, and my reason for it is I, I want to be able to help people simply 
If they'll do the work, they can exit their roundabout. And after that, they can go deeper. They can start climbing their hero mountain. <laughs> they can go through now deeper on all of those steps. And I will go deeper into mindsets and emotional intelligence and all of that because there's there's so much to learn. But the hardest part is for people being consistent and applying it because right. that's that's the problem. Yeah. So that's it. That's so, it. <laughs> yeah. So you wrote that one to help other people. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it <laughs> needs to be written. That's very simple, isn't it? It well, needs to be written. To I guess a guide one of them together. has to be for that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's I'm really I know, kind of all are. <laughs> I know. I just, I can't resist. I'm yeah. too playful. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Well, that, you know, I just, I just love this conversation because I, th I hope, you know, I think that. Um, what I'm hoping our listeners can grasp from this is there's a lot of reasons to write a book. Yes. And there's really very few wrong ones. Uh, I really, right. we didn't, we certainly didn't mention any that, that turned out to be wrong reasons, but, you know, I think it's so good to understand that there are many, many reasons to do it. And the, the thing that matters though, is that you know what yours is, right? That you right. know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that it's enough to keep you going back to the laptop or the pad or wherever it is that you're writing it and uh, keep at it, right? Yes. And you need to know your why, because if you're in this and it's part of your business, you need to be able to sell it. Yeah. You've got to know your why and why did you write this book? Because if it's just for your personal gratification, well, that's a lot harder to sell. That's why, you know, memoirs, unless you are like Dolly Parton or you are, yeah. you know, Whitney Houston or, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, Taylor Swift, it's different. Yeah, but I'm telling you, even the famous people's memoirs don't really sell well. It's uh, tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, Billie Eilish has just flopped. Yeah, um, it's, it's a tough one. And yeah, I have... Those I love. I mean, talk about a songwriter. A classic is the Dolly Parton. I mean, she's mm, you know, written. I've, I've yeah. performed. I will always love you. All you oh, know, she's, she's written fantastic. so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's just lasted through the years, you know. And you can yeah. joke about her, but I tell you, she's a true talent. And oh, uh, but I mean, her yeah. her book and her songwriting. You know, I have this big book. But, you know, I don't have the time to get through it, but I, I've got it there. So I can, if I ever have a spare moment, I want to be able to look through some of her, you yeah. know, she puts original, some of her original, uh, you know, sketches. And, and that's always oh, fascinating. Neat. Oh, so those yeah. are part of memoirs. And it's more for like, this is something that your family will have. And so I think uh -huh. that yes. would be my purpose in my late 80s, if, mm -hmm. you know, God allows me to live that long and, and keep working. But that would be something because you want to be able to pass down just yes. like I have that certificate, you know, yes. from my grandmother, I'd like something like, okay, so these were, you mean, those are some pictures of, you know, and all of that it's within a book. So yeah, but I don't think it would, you know, sell a lot. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's also a, a totally legitimate reason to write yes. a book is for your legacy, right? To, exactly. I wish every one of my grandparents and every one of my great grandparents and every one of my great, great grandparents had yeah. written about their lives yes. because, yes. oh my gosh, like how wonderful would that be? Yes, uh, it, it really would be instead of like trying to find your genealogy. Yeah, and and that what is that? That only tells you so much, you know. Exactly. But but to but to be able to read about, especially if they were willing to 
you know, really tell you about their life. Exactly. Not (laughs) not just the uh, scrubbed version, you know, the redacted life, but uh, because, you know, wouldn't that be so interesting and what a gift, what a gift for our future generations. And who knows, maybe, maybe we could have learned from some of their mistakes and, and some of their wins, right. As well. So (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to admit them. By then I'll admit anything. So probably (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I think I should just let it all hang out. Yeah. Nobody, nobody will get it till I'm dead. So what do I care? You know, that's right. I think this this could be a whole nother cottage industry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's fun. Oh, wow. Well, uh, oh my gosh, Deborah, this has been such fun. Uh, but I, I think I've got to throw you my final signature question here while we still have time for it. And that is, Deborah, what have I not asked you today that you would love to answer? Wow. Well, that's kind of fun. Um, boy, there's a lot of stuff I could just say, but what have you not? Okay, so I'm gonna talk a little bit briefly, briefly, briefly. Where do you get ideas and how do you give your mind a break? And so that's sort of right in the same vein for me. Yeah, these are great. And yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm gonna talk about this because I'm right in the midst of putting up my other. I've reformatted my Hero Mountain Summit experience. I have a free webinar that's, as we record this, whenever, you know, it'll probably be done by the time you air this, but my Hero Mountain Summit, I launch twice a year and I'm, it's 80 sessions. It's a lot because it's very, I'm working on habits, on helping people be uh, very, very consistent. So, but I have to take breaks when I'm writing this thing. I have the material, but it's putting it together in bite-sized chunks again. And that's the hardest thing. Taking my breaks, I love, I'm on an acre and a quarter, I go outside, I get some pruning shears, I am out clipping, I'm, you know, picking fruit, I'm pulling weeds, and it doesn't take, you know, when I'm around, it doesn't take too long to do that, and it gives my mind a break, and a lot of times, I get not an idea for something new, but something will make sense, Right. so it's like, oh, I need to say that in a different way. So, and I think it's the heart, one of the, I'm type A, if you haven't noticed so far. Um, <laughs> my husband's type B, we're different, um, but it's yeah, probably better than two like type that. A's. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But we complement each other, we understand. So, um, but for these type of personality, you see, it's hard when you're writing and you're thinking, I'm just at a roadblock. I just, what am I going to do? And a lot of that you can alleviate by just scheduling breaks. I one of our sons is an attorney. He has to, he's we're the same personality, very similar. And that's the reason he's the reason I quit homeschooling. But anyway, he has his personality. We're too much alike. There's our next podcast interview right there. Okay. (laughs) We're right into each other. But um, but he he has to do the same thing is schedule breaks. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think for us that that. If you are not type A, you may not understand this totally, but um, I I can pretty much guarantee most will probably understand it because you have people in your life like this, but you need to schedule in time that you're just taking a short break. I call them mini vacations, just like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Just yeah. take those little tiny breaks to where you can have some relief from the creative. And I love to create so much, but I get, my mind get I just get tired, you know? And I think the older I'm getting, it's just, okay, so I have to... <laughs> gracefully growing older but I have to realize 
that I want to keep my concentration going. I don't want to say that twice. I want to be able to be creative in this process too, as well as being very, very clear, which is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So I hope that gives somebody the permission to take that. Yeah. I think that's great <laughs> advice. And I would even go farther. Like sometimes you also need more than 10 minutes. Like I, oh, totally. I find, especially if you're doing a lot of writing or a lot of editing, Yes. I mean, you, I, I've, I've, I've tested this, right. I can power through and try to get through those last 10 pages and I will have to turn around the next day and redo those last 10 pages because I'm just out of fuel or I can just stop and go have dinner and take a walk on the beach or watch, watch some, you know, watch the last episode of secession, which I just did last night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, and then when I go back to it, I just, Mm -hmm. I can, I can get it done in a 10th of the effort and Mm -hmm. 10 times better, right? Just because you got to give that brain a rest. And, and, and writing is such an interesting thing because now you can't use this to write the whole book because you do have to sit down and write. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's discipline. Right. But if you're working (laughs) on a book, even when you're not writing, it's in there. I call it putting it in the crock pot, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. in there simmering and Mm -hmm. cooking. These ideas are Mm -hmm. cooking, right? You do still have to sit down and stir the pot and, and write, but, but really I, I find, and this is true with my clients too. So I have a lot of things in the crock pot, um, <laughs> but mm. it's not done. Like it's, it just doesn't come out of there right. until it's done. Right. There's right. it's always cooking. And I think that's also valuable though, because you can, that's where you get those things that pop up in the shower or on the walk. Or... Right. Right. And giving yourself permission to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree yeah. with longer too. Um, yeah times uh being away taking time of course full-time for meals or, or taking a walk or doing any of that yeah that's mm-hmm. I think it's just very important for us to yeah. understand that that's you know part of the creative process is you need to schedule that in to be even absolutely you know, be more effective yeah that's mm-hmm. great great advice absolutely that's when you get those gifts just they just land on you like a like a fairy on your shoulder <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, there's the answer. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and if you, if you, if you, if you, if you take walks on your breaks, take something you, like your phone or your Apple watch or, you know, something that you can record because right, right. you'll get those epiphanies and man, it's, it's a bummer when you get home and you can't remember what they were. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I usually, uh, I have a little fanny pack. I have something like that. Yeah. Like I a do, little, I mean, cause I listen a recorder lot of stick or too. anything, a little, like, a little just, something index cards. Yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. You can go full analog, a little pen and a pad, but just, right. uh, bring something because you will get ideas, uh, when right. you are away and uh, we, it's good to capture those. Well, Deborah, this has just been such a joy and I, I, I have so loved having you and I want to just thank you again for being with us on the author's corner. Absolute pleasure. Just absolute pleasure. So thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.